Good morning, and welcome to another podcast, uh, which is tracking our Christian students on campus Bible reading schedule. Today we are in chapter 21 of the book of Revelation. Um, And in this chapter, by this point, all the negative things have been dealt with and they've been swept into the eternal trash can, so to speak, which is the lake of fire. And in the beginning of this chapter, we have kind of a zoomed out view of eternity future. And there's a new heaven, there's a new earth. The first heaven and the first earth have passed away. The sea is no more. Praise the Lord. That's the uh, dwelling place of the demons. So the sea is no more. Um, Then in verse 2, it says the new Jerusalem comes down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. It talks about the peoples that are here in eternity future. There's the unregenerated people that form the nations, and then there are the regenerated, transformed and glorified, uh, redeemed people of God. Uh, These are the sons of God in eternity. And then it also mentions in verse 8, the perished in the lake of fire. But then, starting with verse 9, we come to quite a number of details regarding the new Jerusalem. And I might mention right here at the outset that to see this vision, this colossal vision, this consummate vision, not only in the book of Revelation, but in the entire Bible, this is the conclusion. In order to see this, we have to be in our spirit. And this is exactly where John was when he saw this vision. In verse 10, it says, he was carried away in spirit. And that's where he saw the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. Now, we might mention that this city, New Jerusalem, is not a physical city of concrete and steel and so forth. No, that would not make sense at all because it's referred to as the bride, the wife of the Lamb, Christ. Of course, he would not marry a physical city. But consistent with the entire Bible, God is going to be joined to in a marriage union with his redeemed, regenerated, transformed, and glorified people who have been built up corporately into this entity called the New Jerusalem. This will be his counterpart. It's us, the redeemed, mingled with God to be his very counterpart. Now, there's a lot of details here in this chapter. Uh, It speaks of the glory and the appearance of this city. It speaks of the wall and the gates made out of pearl, the 12 foundations and all the precious stones that adorn this wall. It speaks of uh, the, uh, the street of pure gold in this city. And also of the, the light and the lamp. Um, even there's some details concerning the nations uh, around the New Jerusalem. 
So there's a lot of details in this chapter concerning the New Jerusalem. And we really don't have a way to dive into all these details. Every detail is full and rich in significance. And we need to know the whole Bible in order to interpret all these <coughs> uh, significant signs. With these podcasts, um, of course, on the one hand, we really want to help everyone to read the Word of God, but also to enjoy the Word. And so I think what I'll do with the remainder of this podcast is just share with you one point that I really enjoyed concerning the New Jerusalem in chapter 21. Now, again, remember, this city is us mingled with God. The New Jerusalem is a living composition of all of God's redeemed people who have the life of God, the nature of God, who express God and match Him for eternity. So all the details here are surely related to us. And in verse 12, it says that this New Jerusalem had a great and high wall and it had 12 gates. It's interesting that the wall and the gates are mentioned together in the Scripture. If there is a wall, there must be gates. Why? Because God does not want to be alone. You see, God is there behind that wall. He's there on the throne. He's flowing out as the river and the tree. But He doesn't want to be alone. So there has to be a way in a way into God. And so there's gates. You know, the Lord told us in John 14, He said, I am the way and the reality and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Christ Himself is the gate. He's the way in. He paved the way for us. But don't forget, the new Jerusalem is us mingled with God. And that means we also have to become gates. We have to have a wall. You know, the wall, of course, is for separation and protection. The new Jerusalem will be absolutely separated unto God. It will fully protect the interests of God. Its wall will be great and high. Nothing will overcome this wall. Nothing can climb over this wall. Outside the wall are all manner of negative and filthy things. Well, today all the believers need such a great and high wall for their separation and protection. And every church must have such a great and high wall. But hallelujah for the gates. Yes, the gates are for communication which implies fellowship. The gates are for coming in and going out. It's where man comes in to touch God and where God goes out to touch man. The gates are for admission into the triune God. How about that? How would you like to be admitted into the triune God? Well, it's possible. The Lord Jesus paved the way through His death and resurrection. He became the first gate that we could be admitted into the triune God. And by the gates, Christ guides and directs us to the tree of life. So the gates are also conductors. 
conducting us into the city. Well, again, I would mention this city is the counterpart of Christ, and it's us. It's us, the redeemed people who have been regenerated with God's life. We have been sanctified with His holy nature. We've been transformed by the Spirit and conformed to His image. Eventually, we match Him. So when people touch us, they should find entrance into God. Today, when people touch the believers, when they touch the church, which is the house of the living God, they must find some gates for people to get to God. We have to be gates. Christ was the first gate. Through his death and resurrection, he paved the way into God. And now we can be the many gates. You know, these gates are on all four sides of the city, facing all the directions of the earth. Whosoever may have access to God and entrance, whosoever would just respond and believe and receive him could have entrance. So every church, every saint, every small group should be a pearl gate for people to find entrance into God. One last thing that I'll share about the gates is that the gates imply shepherding. You know, through the Lord's shepherding of us, we were brought in. It may have been through another member of the body of Christ, another believer, may have shepherded us as an extension of Christ. He or she was there caring for us, cherishing us, nourishing us, and leading and guiding us from the outside all the way through the wall to the inside where we found the river of water of life to quench our thirst and the tree of life to fill our hunger. We got on that golden street and began to walk uh, a life according to the divine nature because someone shepherded us. Well, Christ referred to himself as the chief shepherd but then he told all his disciples, you need to become shepherds. Shepherd the flock of God among you, he says. So through our shepherding, we can become a gate person. A gate person. I don't know about you, but I want to become a gate person. A person who shepherds people from the outside all the way into the enjoyment of the riches of God. Anyways, this was a little something I enjoyed from Revelation 21. We can't get into everything here, but I hope you enjoyed that, and I hope you'll dive into the details of this chapter. There's, it's too rich. It's too rich. This is our destiny. This is our future. We are becoming the new Jerusalem, the counterpart of Christ. Praise the Lord.